Thank you, Kenny and Justin. I want to read to you probably one of the most familiar stories in all of Scripture. And I want you to listen to it very clearly tonight. It's found, obviously, in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. You also see the words on the screen tonight, or if you have a Bible, you can turn there as well. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. It was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to their own town to register, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The, angel, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time had come for the purification rites to be required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him before the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two turtle young pigeons. There was a young man, a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simon or Simeon took him up in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light a revelation to the Gentiles for the glory of your people, Israel. For over 2,000 years, this story has been read, told, and retold. All over the world, in almost 2,000 different languages, publicly, privately, and in some cases secretly, men, women, and children gather to celebrate the birth of one single baby. 2,000 languages. So when it says God so loved the world, it becomes reality on a night like this when that many people from that many nations come together for this one event to celebrate a night that changed the world. As we saw last Sunday morning in the message, 
It is an amazing story filled with incredible characters chosen by God for an extraordinary task revealed to us and unfolding on the pages of Scripture. But the story began long before that quiet night in Bethlehem. It began long ago in the heart of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit with a plan to redeem the world from their sins. Just knowing that, just knowing that it was going to happen, that 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 Redeemer would come, Adam and Eve, whose world had been perfect up until that point of failure, recognized in the midst of all of that hopelessness, someone would come to redeem the world from their sins. And not just someone, but the Son of God. As time marched on, God began to reveal more and more of himself. And more and more about that Redeemer that was to come. He told Moses that the Redeemer would be a prophet, mighty in word and deed. He told Jeremiah that the Redeemer would execute justice and righteousness. He told Zechariah that the Redeemer would be holy in all of his ways. He told Isaiah the Redeemer would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He told Micah that the Redeemer would be born in Bethlehem. That he would sit on the throne of David and of his kingdom there would never ever be an end. The magnitude of the story is incredible. Think with me for a moment. The Bible was written over a 1500 year span of time. Written by 40 generations by 40 different authors. From every single walk of life from kings to peasants. By philosophers and fishermen, poets, statesmen and scholars. It was written in different places, in the wilderness, in dungeons, in palaces, written inside prison walls while traveling and on a lonely island. It was written at different times, sometimes in peace, sometimes in war. It was written during different moods, sometimes at the absolute epitome of joy, and other times they wrote from the very depth of sorrow. It was written on three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. It covered hundreds of controversial subjects, yet with harmony and continuity. Yet from Genesis to Revelation, there is one unfolding story. The story of redemption. The story of God's redemption. The story of the redemption of humanity. Brought about through Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Redeemer. The theme of God's incredible love for the world flows off the pages of Scripture. And this unbelievable gift is given to all of mankind. That's what Simeon knew had come to life. That's what Simeon had waited for all of his life. That's what generations before him had waited for all of their lives. They had heard the stories. They'd rehearsed them over and over again. They waited for that moment, that time. And Simeon, who was left here on this earth long enough for him to be able to see that was absolutely stunned that when he saw Jesus the very first time he knew that all of that history had been finally culminated on that one night in this one child in that one moment he recognized that everything had changed for eternity and so he said God just as you have promised you've kept me here and now You can take me home. The one thing that I've longed for, the one thing that I've lived for, the one thing that I've waited for is now here. And now that I know that, now that I know the Redeemer has come and your answer is here, you can take me home. My eyes have seen your salvation, 
which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. The light of the world had come. And what fascinates me is that that light still continues to shine. I don't know about you, but to be really honest with you, I can't imagine a Christmas without lights. I know it can happen, and I know in many places, as I said, even at the beginning in those quiet, solemn places in secret, they may not be able to share that. But from my vantage point, when I look around at what I've seen for the last 60 years of my life, I can't imagine a Christmas without lights. I love the lights. I love to see the lights. Our house is decorated with lights. Our house will have to be lit up when we drive home tonight. I love Christmas. I can't even imagine it without lights. Neither could I ever imagine the celebration of Christmas without Christ, without really understanding what this night is all about. Yet thousands do. They put up a tree, they buy lots of gifts, they have parties and Christmas dinners. Some of them even feel the need to come to a celebration on Christmas Eve. All without the real understanding of what the celebration of Christmas is all about. But you and I are here tonight because we do. The light has shined in our lives. What we had waited for, whenever that moment may have been, when you were 5 or 50, when you received Christ as your Savior and the light came, it changed your life for all eternity. And now you can't even imagine celebrating Christmas without a real understanding of what this night is all about and what this event is all about, the story of God coming into this world to clearly reveal what he is, who he is, and what he offers A God who no longer wanted to remain out there somewhere, but a God who wanted to become Emmanuel. God with us, right among us. A God we could see, a God we could feel, a God we could understand, a God we could relate to, a God we could connect with. Do you realize how blessed we are to be on this side of the story? We could have been on the other side of the story. We could have been waiting for all of our lives for that one moment in time when the Messiah would come. But you and I in God's amazing grace and sovereignty have been born on this side of the cross and on this side of Christmas. And we know why we celebrate. And we know that that light has dramatically changed our lives. And we also know this light has come. And this light has been received. And this light has been given. And this light has changed our lives. We see a God who loved us so much that he came into this dark world to offer us grace and love and forgiveness and eternal life and to literally change our lives forever. The light of Christ has been shining for over 2,000 years. Simeon said, Jesus is the light. John the Baptist said, here he comes. Jesus is the light. The light of the world has now come. And then all of a sudden in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14... Jesus makes to me one of the most amazing transitions in all of Scripture when he points to you and me and points down through time and points to those who were listening to him that day and those who are still listening all these years later and said to you and I, you are that light. You're that light. You're the light of the world. Now shine. Everywhere you go, shine. In the midst of darkness, shine. In the middle of dysfunction, shine. In the middle of heartache and tragedy, shine. In the middle of darkness and nothingness, shine. And let the light of Jesus Christ so change your life, shine. Tonight as we go into candle lighting, I want to do something a little bit different. Something we've never done here before. And because of that, I'm taking an enormous risk. 
that it may not work. But I want you to at least listen for a moment. And for those of you who I'm about to mention in a moment, not by name, but by the change that has taken place in your life, I want you to be the first ones to come and light your candle. And then what you're going to do when I talk to you in a moment and I explain it to you is to take your candle, walk all over the sanctuary from front to back, don't go back and sit down, but all over the sanctuary, and light someone else's candle. And what you will notice is as we go into darkness and that light begins to shine, that now for 2,000 years, that light continues to shine. And the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that changed our lives personally can change the light and change the life and change the world around. And so I'd like three groups of people to come in just a moment. The first group of people are these. If you in this last year or so, maybe the last couple of years, have come to faith in Christ, you were walking in darkness, and in the last year or two you've accepted Christ as Savior, I want you in a moment to come. And I want you to light your candle, and I want you to let that light gravitate throughout this place. Now, the second group of people are those who may have accepted Jesus when they were young, maybe in a Sunday school class or in another event somewhere along the way, and then for whatever reason you may have drifted away from God. And the last year or so, you've reconnected to God. You've recommitted your life to him. You recognize that that's not what you knew and not the life you want to live, and you reconnected your relationship with God. I want that second group in a moment to come as well. And then the third group I know is here for sure, at least in this service there are a few, and that is if recently many of them on Sunday night publicly declared their allegiance to Jesus through baptism. They knew Christ as Savior, but they wanted to make that public declaration. And on Sunday night here, 28 or 29 did, and in other places, maybe in a small group setting somewhere along the way, you were baptized and you publicly declared your allegiance to Christ. I want you to come. And so right now, if any of you are in any of those three groups, if you've recently come to faith in Christ, I want you to come right now. If in the last year or so you've recommitted your life to Christ, you knew that's not what you wanted to do and you recommitted your life to Christ, I want you to come. And if you were one of the ones baptized the other night, I want you to come. Are you here in this sanctuary? In any of those three categories, would you come? And I want you to be the first ones to light your candles. There are some people in the back that are going to help as well. And they're going to start gravitating that all over this campus. And when we go to darkness in a moment, as Justin leads us in a song, and then we sing Silent Night, I want, come on, I want you to see the beauty of this moment. And then watch what takes place when all of a sudden we move from darkness to light. And the transition that Paul talks about and Jesus talks about, and we experience here, is one that can not only change this campus tonight from darkness to light, but can go out of this place and literally change the world forever. So if you've recently come to Christ, you've recently recommitted yourself to Christ, or you were baptized the other night or in some other place, and you acknowledge Jesus publicly to do that, I want you to come. And then some gentlemen in the back, if you would come as well, don't go back and sit down now. Go all over this campus and begin lighting these candles and then let others see. Thank you.